The date is a very rainy Tuesday, the 5th of September. I'm Jason England and welcome to Learn Something, the official podcast of NewRisingMedia.com where I consume your brain space with weird and wonderful facts that you've probably never heard of before. And today it's the grand return of Tech Tuesday. That's right, any kind of weird and wonderful gadget facts are probably going to come out in this episode. Stick around, it's going to be a fun one. So we're kicking off today's episode by talking about Google. And I have a question for you. Do you prefer dogs or cats? I know that's a loaded question, so I'm going to go ahead and give you my answer. I prefer dogs. I think that cats are a little bit of a waste of time, if I'm being honest with you. I know that's going to be a controversial opinion, but dogs just show you permanent love all the time. And I know that they're technically dumber than cats, but to be fair, I'm a bit stupid myself. So it's good to have an animal that works on my brain length instead of, works on my brainwave, instead of outsmarting me around the house. But it turns out, sucks to be you cat people, Google agrees with me. Their official code of conduct specifically states that they are a dog company. That's right, it's hidden away in the investor relation information on Alphabet now. But yes, that is completely true. I mean, realistically, it's the only way forward. I mean, have you ever tried to work on a computer with a cat? They're on your keyboard. Cats are simply not conducive to a productive computer-based company. And that explains why Google has taken this path. And finally, just a Google-based fact surrounding Steve Jobs. As you know, Steve Jobs was a former CEO of Apple who passed away in 2011. Um, And... If you've read his autobiography or if you've seen any of the, well, I'd say any of the, either of the two films that have been released, you'll know he was a bit of an odd job and he was a very passionate kind of crazy, angry person, very nitpicky according to all of this information. Well, one of Google's former staff, former or current, I don't know, let me have a look. His name is Vic Gun Dotra, um, who is, yep, he's the ex-senior vice president of social at Google. He was the guy who made Google Plus. Um, he actually shared a story that on Sunday morning, on January 6, 2008, he was attending a religious service when his cell phone vibrated, and he checked the phone and it said, call of ID unknown. After that, he checked his cell phone messages and the message was from Steve Jobs saying, can you call me at home? After this, Vic, of course, after the service, immediately called back. And this is what Steve had to say. We have an urgent issue, one that I need addressed right away. I've already assigned someone from my team to help you and I hope you can fix this tomorrow. Obviously, that makes it sound quite problematic like it's going to be something big and here we go I've been looking at the Google logo on the iPhone and I'm not happy with the icon the second O in Google just doesn't have the right yellow gradient 
it's just wrong and I'm going to have Greg fix it tomorrow. Is that okay with you? Yes, that is absolutely right. One day in 2008, Steve Jobs called Google to tell them the yellow gradient in the second O wasn't quite right. Next up, it's time for an in-depth segment, and this time I'm going on about the headphone jack. That's right, it's the 3.5mm headphone jack that was nixed in Apple's most recent iPhone 7, and then many other phone developers in the Android market also followed suit and got rid of them as well. This is going to be a bit of a history lesson on the headphone jack and one that is in relevance to a story that I did simply called just let the headphone jack die already now it's been an incredibly controversial opinion without a doubt I mean just take a look at the comments and to anybody who did comment I will be responding to you with a rebuttal on Wednesday but anyway, let's move on and let's take a look at the history of the iPhone jack, which is almost, which, of the headphone jack, sorry, which is almost 140 years old. It's a descendant of the quarter inch jack and it was originally invented to make it easy for telephone operators to make connections on the switchboards back in the 1870s at some point. The design is simple and was proven to withstand the test of time. I mean, when was the last time you used tech that was aged 140 years? The little dimple at the front tip of the connector ensures that the plug can be held securely in place by the socket, but also easily removed many times over. The quarter inch jack, in still in, which is still in use today, actually, if you're a guitarist or bass player, you'll probably have seen this used quite regularly. The invention is actually ingenious. It was often referred to as the TRS plug or tip ring sleeve in reference to the point on the end, the black ring usually around the part of the tip and then the rest of it. It's a perfectly round plug that can be plugged in one way. So literally rotate it around in any direction and it will continue the connection. Try doing that with a USB plug. In the 1960s, the smaller 3.5mm version of the same design was introduced. It was less robust but suited the brave new world of semi-portable electronics better, and applications that needed stereo audio and a microphone too. Manufacturers simply added another ring to the setup, meaning that it was then called the TRRS, the tip, ring, ring, sleeve. So one of them was an input and one of them was an output. And if one thing was quite obvious from the comment response that I've been getting, it's that many people were not ready to see this 140 year old audio port go. While I on the other hand was <laughs> very much thinking that digital audio inputs and outputs and more specifically wireless are to be adopted quite well very soon actually um so yeah if you have commented look forward to my response 
Uh, to give you a bit of a flavour, I know that one of you have commented simply saying, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. The classic, st- classic um, quote that is used in this kind of situation. And I understand completely where you're coming from with that, in that people have used the audio jack for 140 years and it's still going strong, so why change it? And my response is this. If the tech industry lived by this mantra of resorting to old systems that work and not fixing concepts that aren't broken, then progress would have come to a screeching halt long ago. We'd probably still be using 3.5 inch floppy disks, continue to live a contentious life with poorly designed flash websites and be sat waiting for slower data transfers on USB 1.0. Simply put, just because something old continues to work doesn't mean you can't develop new technology in that area. This is simply a prelude to the saying, don't fix it unless you know you can do better. And the wireless standard is that better that requires us all, companies and consumers, to get behind. And then this final segment, we've just got two really, really weird facts that are going to make you think. They're probably going to surprise you and you're probably going to be like, wait, what? So, you, you know the Amazon Kindle, right? That ebook reader. Um, now, obviously, the books are digital files, meaning that they technically shouldn't weigh anything. Well, I am ready to prove you wrong because a Kindle full of ebooks is actually heavier than an empty one. That may sound surprising until you hear just how much heavier it becomes. The additional weight is actually unmeasurable, but there is an additional weight on the order of 10 to the power of minus 18 grams. This is because the transistors in the flash memory the Kindle uses distinguishes between the one and the zero by trapping electrons. More data means more trapped electrons, which means ever so slightly more weight. That's right, your Kindle actually got heavier with the amount of books that you've been putting on it. So the extra weight actually comes just from the device storing more energy. This was found by John D. Kubiatowicz from the University of California, Berkeley. And he worked out that the additional energy 4 gigabytes of flash memory holding when full is 1.7 times 10 to the power of minus 5 joules, which translates into this weight difference stated above. And you will notice this difference. Will you notice this weight? No, you never will. But it's a good fact to remember in case you want to impress a fellow Kindle owner with your knowledge of the device. See, this podcast is great for you to go and show off to your friends and be like, hey, check this out that I know, and be the sickest guy in the room. And finally, just a little bit of social science, more specifically around asking people what future technology they would most like to have and it turns out that most young adults answered time travel more than any group after this the 30 to 49 year olds wanted robot servants 
more than any other group, and surprisingly, senior citizens were the least interested in time travel. To go further into this, um, fewer than half of Americans, 39%, expect that scientists will have developed the technology to teleport objects, and one in three expect that humans will have colonized planets other than Earth in the next 50 years. 66% think it would be a change for the worse if prospective parents could alter the DNA of their children to produce smarter, healthier or more athletic offspring. 65% think it will be a change for the worse if lifelike objects become the pri lifelike robots become the primary caregivers for the elderly and people in poor health. 63% of people think it would be worse if people, personal and commercial drones are given permission to fly through most US airspace. And 53% of Americans think it would be worse if most people wore implants or other devices that constantly show them information about the world around them. And with especially women being wary of a future in which these devices are widespread. After this, they were asked about whether or not they would like to ride in a driverless car and this was very evenly split with 48% people saying that they would be interested and 50% saying they would not. And that's it for this super duper quick episode of Learn Something, the Tech Tuesday edition. I want to thank you all so much for re for listening. You're not reading this bit. You're going to read the blogs that I post on newrisingmedia.com. I am confusing my ways of inputting information. Um, I hope that I filled your brain space with at least some weird and wonderful facts that you've never heard of before, because I really enjoy doing this. And I also want to give you guys a chance to surprise me. I'm giving away a copy of Crash Bandicoot the Insane Trilogy on PS4 to anybody who caught, well, to the best fact called into this show. All you gotta do is, if you're listening to this on podcast, I'll give you a quick two-bump as well. Download the Anchor app. Go onto the search, bo search box, that'll be the magnifying glass in the bottom left, and look in the Learn Something category for the Learn Something show. Um, you'll see my face hovering over a blackboard. Tap on that and you'll see a little window come up that you can tap call in on. You tap that and then you, you're on the air with me. You're having a chat and you're telling me what your fact is. I am very curious to know what you guys know. I want to open your brains and find out all of that lovely, lovely, lovely weird trivia. And with that said, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at NewRising underscore Media. We're also on Facebook as well. And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Jason England and also on Instagram and Snapchat at the same address at Mr. Jason England. I want to take the time now to thank you all so much for listening. If it wasn't for the thousands of listeners that tune in every week to this show, I would not be doing this. And it means the absolute world to know that you're all out there enjoying this. Thank you. Take care. Bye.